Bone Roller Gaming. Welcome to BRG Road Trip with Cat and Lacryle. The hosts are playing an RPG while on a road trip. There is a lot of background noise from the truck. The audio is the best they could manage with the current equipment. They had fun. We hope you do, too. Enjoy. Let me get this party started. Oh, uh... <laughs> Since we are... We are going into the mountain. We are going into the mountains. There you go. <laughs> gotta, gotta keep that character voice up. It's not the girl voice, so give them a try. <laughs> this is a fully realized creation. Uh, I want you to understand, I do not believe that you are stupid. However, I think you do a remarkable job of acting like <laughs> I try. <laughs> So, dust, dust in the air. This is going off of a PDF that I bought on DM's Guild. And it is a solo adventure, which I am going to read to you, so you get to make all the decisions. Hi guys, it's Lacryl again, in case you're wondering who she's talking to. Yes, because this is Cat. Meow. Meow. <clears throat> so this is a one-off. I don't quite know how this is going to go, so it's going to be an exciting adventure for both of us. Or not. And we'll be very depressed and never talk about it again. It is called The Executioner's Daughter, Tribunal Number 1, by Ashley Warren. Summary. Soldra is a beautiful ancient city flanked by sea and mountain and lit by the sun as if blessed by the gods themselves. But its beauty comes with a price. After a tumultuous history fighting dragons that attacked and looted the city, the superstitious citizens of Soldra made an annual offering to appease the dragon god Bahamut. Bahamut? Bahamut? Bahamut. Bahamut. Bah. Who let the Bahamut out, out, out? A virgin woman. <laughs> A virgin woman did not let Bahamut out. <laughs> A virgin woman, selected at random from soldier's citizenry, is exiled to Gara's Peak, where she is left at the mercy of dragons. None of the women have ever returned. I, I, okay. One I love that it points these citizens as being superstitious, as if they're worshipping farcical entities that don't actually exist, when a dragon clearly came from the sky, ripped a tower away, and went, this is mine now, and flew off with it. Yes. Like, that's not superstitious at that point. That is appropriately validated. This year's sacrificial ceremony does not go as planned. What will transpire on Gara's Peak? How this works. Like a multiplayer adventure, a solo adventure allows you to participate in an established world and with the characters who dwell within it. The main difference is that you embark alone without a dungeon master to navigate. It's essentially a choose your own adventure, so the story unfolds based on your choices. 
To aid you, the story is clearly annotated to make it easier for you to progress to each narrative beat. Not every choice is outlined in this module. Feel free to adapt the story to your own needs. Like all modules, recommend choices and roles are included, but it is ultimately up to you. If an option doesn't fit your exact thinking or motivation, select the closest option. Good call. This adventure is recommended for level 3 characters. In a solo adventure, you control both your actions and those of the enemies you encounter. The stats and actions of potential enemies are listed in the relevant section of the story. When making decisions for the enemy, consider what motivates them to make that particular move. The encounter should be challenging for both you and the enemy. Note, there are no maps included in this adventure. <laughs> Make decisions based off what seems most logical during the encounter. Who are you? It is up to you to decide who you are in this story. Make choices as they are presented to you. The way you build your character, including your alignment and background, should also inform your decision making. So try and be honest about who you're playing. What you need. A full set of dice. Well, I don't have that. I have my dice roller on my phone. I'm the lawful good assassin. <laughs> no. A character sheet for a level 3 character, which we do have and will be explained shortly. A notebook to track encounters. No, but I do have a, a note pad open. Uh, yeah. Okay. So... Lacryle, your level three character. Uh, I randomly rolled it up. Frillamere. <laughs> uh, no, it's not Frillamere. <laughs> I could do Frillamere. Actually, no, I can't. I don't have internet access. Um, no, it's a uh, <laughs> random character that I did on D and D Beyond. Uh, it is a level three. Fire Genasi Druid named Roast. Fire Genasi. Fire Genasi. Druid. Druid. Named Roast? Named Roast. Male or female? Uh, boop, 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 I don't think it says. I think you can choose. Roast is Roast. Roast associates as Roast. According to this character sheet... Gender is not selected. Tutally down. All right. Not roast. Ah, not soccer. All right, better. Cool. I'll be roast. I'll be. I'll be burning it up in here. Is it hot? No, it is just me and the flames of fire. <laughs> oh, roast. <laughs> you silly so and so. Okay, so what you get as a fire genasi, uh, so uh, people that don't know, fire genasi, they're basically half elementals, or, or genasi in general, and, and uh, roast here is a fire genasi. Uh, I'm firing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm actually secretly a water elemental. I've <laughs> just played this off the entirely wrong way. I changed my colors. Uh, you get dark vision. You can see darkness in shades of red up to 60 feet. Some people may call it infrared. They'd be wrong. You have 
resistance to fire damage, and you know the Produce Flame cantrip. You can cast Burning Hands once per long rest, and Con is your spellcasting ability. That's also what I do. I don't remember exactly what everything does. I'm not going to be a rules Nazi, so I'll just be like, that sounds about right. Uh, and I don't give a shit what you can turn into. You can turn into whatever the fuck you want. It's a bird. It's a plane. <laughs> it's a turkey. Well, it's as long as roast. It's a, <laughs> as long as it's an animal, turn it into a roast turkey. <laughs> skills are amazing. I hide upon tables everywhere. Of course your bonus cantrip is, is control flame. Well, yes. <laughs> Roast approves. Uh, I don't really give a shit. Like, you can do whatever you want. I, I got this. <laughs> uh, what are my stats? Uh, <laughs> How badass is Roast? Silly. They're very bad. Oh, um, good. I talk like this because my con's 12. I've smoked everything. <laughs> uh, your con is 10. Oh, better. So you have uh, zero mod. Oh, good. It's exactly my casting ability. Not. <laughs> your, uh, your intelligence is 15. Oh, good. I'm smart. I just can't fucking do anything. <laughs> Dodge this. Your wisdom is nine. You have a charisma of 14, though. Okay. It's that smoker voice. It's really sexy. It's hard to avoid. What up? Hey, guys. There's a roast in the house. Again, this is just very base whatever. If you do something that is narratively interesting, I will probably allow it to happen. All right. I don't... I'm I've, game with this. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a tons of stupid shit. Why? Because my intelligence, sorry, my wit is a negative. Uh, it's bad to walk off cliffs. <laughs> roast can fly. <laughs> roast can turn into a bird whenever roast walks. I'm a turkey. Do you not understand? Turkeys don't fly! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like a bird. I'm gonna fall down. <laughs> I'm like a bird. Gonna. Ow. Oh, God! Up! Oh. <laughs> Into the oven with you, Roast. <laughs> That's okay. where the fire comes from. Okay. Uh, so. That's 472 degrees Celsius. What? <laughs> the Executioner's Daughter. Oh, by the way. Uh, weapons. <laughs> Why do you have cook utensils? Because I'm a roaster. <laughs> All I need are my trusty fork. These are your proficiencies, it's not your actual equipment. My proficiencies are cooking utensils? Yeah. Fantastic. I'll say you have them. I, do, I forgot to actually get your uh, equipment. But no, no, I'm good with this. I have one of those long uh, forks that you use for barbecues and a spatula. That's all I need. So you have control flame, produce flame, burning hands, bark skin, and spider climb. Okay. Uh, you can have shillelagh if you really want it. You can have it if you really want. Oh, wait, 
shit. I'm a druid. Uh, yes, you're a druid. Bones and sticks. Bones and sticks. Bones and sticks. Uh, you can have. You can use a club, a dagger, a dart, javelin, mace, quarterstaff, scimitar, sickle, sling, or spear. Sickle. Uh, wait, no, this is roast. Roast is a fucking idiot. <laughs> roast. Roast is smart. Roast is book smart. Roast understands 2 plus 2, 4 plus 4, 18 times 27, and can give you the different degrees of temperature likely expected upon what particular mountainside. Roast also doesn't understand that walking into the cave filled with the bugbears that are angry when you're covered in honey and blood is not a good idea. Just turn into a bugbear. <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> We're all druids. No, no, roast. They're not druids. Okay. They're they're beasts. <laughs> all right, all right. Like I said, I don't care if it's narrative interestingly narratively interesting. You can do it. Uh, executioner's daughter in the plaza of the sun, in the shadow of the stone tower that looms above the plaza. It is cool, but the many bodies standing in close props proximity have made the air humid. It's always humid and hot where I'm at. The din. I'm bringing the temperature. The din of the crowd swells and between the noise and the heat and the anticip. Say it. Say it. Patient. <gasps> of what's to come. The atmosphere is stifling. You have found shelter and shade under the arched porticos that protrude from the edifice. Thick stone bricks comprise... <laughs> Non-specified edifice. I'm so concerned. Comprise the walls and structures encased within the Plaza of the Sun. An iconic name, for the tall walls block out most of the natural light, and everyone stands within its shadows. I've got to make sure I'm actually recording. I am. Now back to the story. Before you is the flat facade of the Temple of Bahamut. Above the large arched door hangs a beaten metal shield, emblazoned with the profile of a dragon. To the left is a half-circled dais. The circles lead to another... Wait. The stairs lead to another large door. Thank the, you for stopping. That did not make sense for a bit. The entrance... It's lead, a half-circle. Lots of circles lead. I don't understand! <laughs> My painkillers have kicked in, I'm sorry. Roast is confused! <laughs> <laughs> Where the ruler and his family reside. Atop the dais are three chairs, one each for the king, the queen, and the princess. And to the right, attached to the temple, is a tall cylindrical tower. The top of the tower is ringed with triangles resembling a crown, and a small spire protrudes from each point. This structure is simpler than the others, adorned with only one slanted window toward the very top and a small wooden door at the bottom. Under your feet, the stone is grouted with blood. I mean, it's a nice place. <laughs> that window's off by 14.6 degrees, but other than that, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. On any other day, your visit to Soldra would likely consist of a stroll through its bustling market, a lustrous meal of fish and rice on the beach, and perhaps an afternoon visit to the Temple of Bahamut to see a musical performance. Ah, dragons in love. <laughs> a rousing battle. So rousing! <laughs> I only watched the fire dragon one. That's really a really interesting case. But you have arrived in Soldra on its strangest day, and the whole city is tense, 
pulled taut like a bowstring. I'm new here. Is it literally the strangest day, like Big Banner? You've overheard mutterings that today's the day of sacrifice. Oh, okay. A ritual revered by the people of Soldra. Soldra treats this day like a festival despite the darker reality. The citizens are bedecked in jewel-toned finery, and the city has been scrubbed clean. Except for the blood mortar. Yeah, those crowds, they're <laughs> still really bloody. Like, my feet so wet right now. <laughs> Not my doing, just pointing out. King Augustine presides over the ceremony, joined by Queen Catalina and their daughter, Princess Augustina. Soldra respects the king, for it is under his rule that Soldra has continued to enjoy peace and prosperity. Damn, I thought I talked about myself in the third person. This city's got it bad. What do you know about this event? Roll an intelligence, religion, or history check. Let's see what you have. Do you I, have either of those? I'm smart. I'm uh, bookish. You have neither religion nor history, but either way, I've it's a plus brains. two. <laughs> I've got brains on my side. So, rolling. The digital D20. You get an eight plus two. That's a ten. That's, That's a ten. If you roll less than 15, you've heard enough chatter in the city to know that it is an offering is about to take place. A woman will be sacrificed to appease the dragons who used to frequently attack the city. You're not sure how the sacrifice is enacted, but people speak of it with both fear and fervor. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. I don't get to watch sacrifices a lot, especially women. Fear that one of their loved ones will be chosen, mingled with the sense of relief that the sacrifice will ensure another year of freedom from dragon attacks. Holy crap, I'm already late. Isn't that why the floors are grouted in blood? Oh, damn it, I missed it. Roast sounds like Beetlejuice. You're welcome. Uh huh. A blessedly cool breeze meets your skin. As you turn to find the source of fresh air, you see that the crowd has gone silent and parted. An older man steps forward, dressed in a long black tunic that brushes the tops of his bare toes. Wow, that is a long tunic. Just his toes? All the way down to his toes? Are you kidding? His hairy, bare toes. Oh god, he's a hobbit. <laughs> Never mind, it makes more sense now. His head is freshly shorn covered in a sheen of perspiration. Oh, he's totally a hobbit. His face is long and weary, and dark half-moons sag under his eyes. A thick silver chain is fastened around his waist, and on his left side hangs a sword in a rectangular scabbard. From the outer corner of your eye, you see a grey-haired woman in a gown the colour of sapphire whisper to a companion dressed in rich purple. 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 Rich porpoise skin. Oh. Oi! It's the executioner! She says. So ladylike. That's my kind of gal. Harsh whisper. Hot scorn and disgust. The eyes of the crowd narrow at the man as he finds a place next to you. I, no, they've got a point. Nobody does. Harrowing levels of disgust and disdain. Like roast? No, oh. um, like Cockneys. Oi! <laughs> the eyes of the crowd narrow at the man as he finds a place next to you. He is tall and wiry, and his line of sight extends over the heads of the crowd. Hey, not too close, man. Uh, they kind of don't like you, and you smell funny. 
Soldier's citizenry is relatively homogenous. Around you, a sea of dark hair and dark eyes and fair skin protected from the sun with parasols and ornate scarves draped loosely over faces and shoulders. <laughs> no problem. I look just like everyone else that's not here. <laughs> with that red skin. <laughs> The executioner's black robe accentuates his pallor. His eyes are a pale, watery blue. His furrowed brow gives his face a severe, dour look. And I'm not trying to tell you, but when they say accentuates your pallor, they're trying to say is, fuck, you look pale. Have you been outside? <laughs> the woman in gold nudges her companion. You shouldn't speak ill of him. He does the king's bidding. He only condemns those who defy Bottomit. I don't care, replies the woman in blue. Anyone who does a gruesome job like that doesn't do crack from the weight of it. Disgust me. <laughs> Ten points, love. <laughs> That's fucking great. Her friend sighs and fans her face with a gloved hand. It's his daughter who disturbs me. They say she can control minds. No one dares get closer to the executioner. He stands with his arms at his side, and you suppose that he is used to the negative attention. I think this is it. This is Sunspot. Sunspot? No, Clock Rock. Oh, why are you stopping? I don't know if it turns off here. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's Sunspot. <laughs> Fire low today. I think it's fire low because I see signs of snow. <laughs> oh, damn uh, it. <laughs> you speak and rhyme at the right time. <laughs> I'm a pirate. Didn't know. You're a pirate and you didn't know? I'm a pirate. I didn't fight it. The whispers about him are cut short as the dawn near the dais opens and three people step out. Fuck, I didn't even see that door. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the king emerges first. He wears a bejeweled golden crown that resembles the top of the tower. A ring of slopes and points. <laughs> I see what you did there. Dark hair and beard are streaked with grey, and he wears an outfit comprised of a rich ruby red brocade. Ah, nice clothes. He smiles jovially at the crowd, which responds and cheers and claps. The executioner beside you stiffens at the sight of the king. Hey, man. I'm... I'm black's cool too, don't get me wrong. Next comes the queen. She is not from Soldra, evident by her dusky skin and her vivid amber hair, so red it gleams like firelight in the shadow of the square. She matches her husband's finery wearing a ruby gown inlaid with gold. Age has accentuated her features, and the king and queen make a handsome regal couple. I'd hope so, they're royalty. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that means they look like shit. <laughs> she takes the king's hand as they face the audience, and the crowd cries out the names. King Augustine! Queen Catalina! I don't remember the princess. I'm sorry. I, it, it's a casino, right? <laughs> hey, lady! The king and queen turn toward the door, arms outstretched, and their daughter emerges. The queen sighs and... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> The crowd! The crowd sighs and swoons. And when they see her, and she is a remarkable young woman, a mix of her parents sharing her mother's beauty and her father's lean stature, 
Her auburn hair is wound into an intricate braid that circles her head and wears a silk vest and skirt the color of ox blood. Princess Augustina smiles demurely and takes her seat beside her mother. The king remains standing and addresses the crowd. Welcome, citizens of Soldra. <laughs> I just like that. Attention, duelists. <laughs> Attention, citizens. Hello. He says, his voice booms and the sound reverberates around the square. You feel the low rumble of it in your chest. A powerful voice for a powerful man. Oh yeah, he's cheating. I smell that magic. I am honored to oversee another year of peace and soldier. <laughs> I am here now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Oh no, I love it. Go, go with it. Go fucking hard. <laughs> Cheers erupt around you, and the king waits patiently before continuing. Goddamn king's a drill sergeant. Soldier's peace and prosperity has hard won, he says. Our people have sacrificed much, and we continue to honor Bahamut with our annual ceremony. I thank the loyal members of my court for their vigilance in protecting soldier from heresy, and from those who would disrupt our rituals way of life. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, basically, he's saying it's a good thing we're killing all these people! <laughs> and fuck anybody who says otherwise! Hear the people! Alright, sunspot 16, go that way, got it. Alright, alright, alright. Hey, no, there's roads and like lines on the roads. I'm like making myself dizzy from them. yelling. <laughs> yeah, you're doing pretty good. Also, we just got into high altitude. Please take a drink of water. Please rehydrate. Because you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I was fucking impressed with the cockney though. That was great. <laughs> the king lets this settle over the rapt crowd, hand outstretched toward the executioner. Hey, mate. While the soul some of the soldiers nod their heads and murmur agreement, those near the executioner narrow their eyes at him despite the king's accolades of his services. The king smiles and claps his hands. Let's get this party started! Does he really say that? No. He says, let's begin the ceremony! Oh, damn it. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Uh... Oh, good. I didn't miss it. <laughs> as is tradition, Priest Nahum will select this year's offering! The king is now cockney. <laughs> the king clasps his hands, a regal gesture. He's just what? staying among his people, alright? He's this is his kingdom. He's giving in to his people. Once the offering is selected, she will be anointed! Then she will be escorted to Gara's Peak by our designated guide. Look, I'm not saying much. I haven't seen this before, but normally when a king says anointed about a young girl, I get a little concerned. At this point, he points to the escort. Who's unsurprisingly the executioner? Well, she will await her fate at the Bahamut's will. Hi, Bruce Nahum! <laughs> I hate you, I love you so much. <laughs> the king's voice is authoritative. <laughs> <laughs> can be heard through the thick stone walls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I heard that one the next town over. No kidding. The door of the temple opens. A tall, dark, gold dragonborn oh steps outside, dressed in long navy robes. Hey, you gonna get up on that roast? <laughs> it's a little scary, a little rib for my pleasure. <laughs> His appearance is jarring. A stark break in the homogeneity? Hey, look, it's not a human. Holy crap! <laughs> You're fucking racist. I'm racist. I'm the. What's it called? Minor tie? I'm the minor tie. I'm the minor tie. <laughs> His appearance is jarring. A stark break in the homogeneity of soldier citizenry. The same profile of the dragon depicted on the shield above the temple door is embroidered on the dragonborn's vestments. He cradles a large silk pouch tied closed with a cord. I brought you your nuns. <laughs> Oh, God. Is it? Uh, <laughs> Thank you, my king! <laughs> Replies High Priest Nahum. I don't understand. There's not even an S in that sentence. <laughs> he possesses the strong, clear voice of a priest, well-versed in public speaking. <laughs> Perfect. I am pleased to lead another day of sacrifice. Daughters of soldier, come forth! I feel like this guy and I could get along together. <laughs> The daughters emerge from within the temple, tentative like a trickling stream, but still they must come, relentless as a river. Ew. Wow. Poor choice of words there, buddy. Um, I don't know about you, but you really shouldn't talk about ladies that way. It tends to bring the wrong content. Uh, what do you notice about the daughters of Soldra? <laughs> Roll That's a so wisdom. <laughs> Roll a wisdom check. That's no, all right. I'm rocking a negative one. It should be fine. No problem. You get a five total! Ha <laughs> Look! Dresses! If you roll less than twelve... I do. The worry written on the faces of the daughters is visible from every corner of the plaza, and it mirrors the poorly masked concern depicted on the faces of the crowd. Oh, right. They're sacrificing girls. <laughs> That's what they must be for. The daughters huddle together, casting nervous glances at the bag of High Priest Nahum's hands. Oh, it's a grab bag. Got it. <laughs> He's gonna grab him and put him in the bag. I'm more thinking name draw, like oh. lottery. I mean, they're. I don't think the bag's that big. You know what I'm saying? The, just, just not really. The daughters are a range of ages, old and young, and middle-aged, all made equal by the fate that awaits them. Virginity. Well, at least they're. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And no wonder they're trying to kill those girls <laughs> way past childbearing years. Princess Augustina stands, smooths the front of her dress, and no, descends no, down the dais, uh -huh. joining the rest of the daughters. Queen Catalina watches the princess with worried eyes, white pursed lips, and white knuckles. Oh shit, they're throwing her in it too. High Priest Nahum tugs at the pouch's cord, and it blooms open. Ugh. I think that's I the right terminology for that. It's not suddenly erupting from the center and spreading outward unless it is, in which case, what the fuck? He gives it a shake. It's a dragon magic code. the contents shift and clink. His blooming bag, he gives it a shake. <laughs> Each of the coins in this bag bears the name of a daughter, he says. That means... Okay. Each coin has been blessed by Bahamut himself, forged from the metals found in the depths below Gara's Peak. Oh, 
right. So what you're saying is Bahamut sat down and went, oh, who do I want to eat today? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dirty God. He glances toward the sky as if waiting to see the s- shadowed silhouette of a dragon. But the sky remains cloudless and blue. Nope, not today. Bahamut, we present you with this offering so that you may shield us from those who would seek to do us harm. <laughs> we thank you for small dress protection. High Priest Nahum reaches into the pouch and pulls out a coin. His eyes widen and he chokes on the name as he reads it aloud. Princess! Hulkistina! <coughs> wow! Who would have saw that coming? The first time she gets into it, she's picked. Damn, she is lucky. I mean, that that is a sign of royalty. Whatever they want, they're instantaneously get it. That is... Uh, oh, oh, they're going to kill her. The crowd oh, stares. Oh, shit. <laughs> the way the faces of skeletons and catacombs have decomposed with mouths open. What? Wow. Gaping, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, he said it. The queen's anguished scream cuts through the shocked silence. No, 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 no. And the crowd erupts in shouts and cries of agony. Select another name! Someone shouts from across the plaza. This elicits both cheers and noises of dissent. That's not how it works! Another wow. soldier yells above the chaos. The offering is chosen by Bahama himself, and we must obey! High Priest Nahum glances back and forth from the coin to the king. The priest is in a dangerous position now. He has just condemned the princess, soldier's heir, and the king's only child to death, definitively ending the Augustine line. Yeah, these lottery systems, they suck, don't they? The executioner, too, is quiet, for he will have to escort Princess Augustina to Gera's Peak and leave her for dead. Maybe Bahamut will show her mercy, offers another soldier. Linda? We, we don't know for sure what happens to the daughters. I mean, they might be okay. We never see them again or anything, but they might be okay. I checked the cloaca on them. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Several voices overlap in response, giving the same rebuttal. Sure, she'll be fine, starved, parched, and left for dead on the mountaintop. Oi! We know they never return! That's the whole point of the offering! Haven't you seen the bones of the terror trail? The shouting escalates and swells. Chaos ferments in the humid plaza. Some guy sits down in the back and goes, Damn, that's a really good rock band name. The queen shouts at her husband, Do something! Princess Augustina is in tears, looking helplessly at her parents. Many soldiers crowd around her, consoling her and reaching for her hands. The daughters disperse, finding their families sagging in relief at being spared another year. Take yeah, they've got to breed fast here to keep the ladies supplied. Take her instead! The woman in blue flings out her hand and points at a daughter dressed in black, who lingers near the doorway of the temple. The crowd quiets immediately as the young woman looks calmly at a condemner. You watch as the daughter's eyes, such a vivid cornflower blue that you can see the blueness from across the plaza. Pretty blue. Travel 
from the outstretched finger to the executioner. The daughter smiles at the executioner and, and nods. I will take the princess's place, the young woman says, turning toward the high priest Nahum. Bahamut asks this of me. Actually, she did. Bahamut asked for the princess. I mean, you're kind of a step down. The executioner balks at this and cries out. Dominica! No! The young woman, Dominica, holds up her hand. It's all right, Papa. Remember the holy text? Bahamut honors honors she who was chosen. Dominica moves to the princess and clasps her hands. Go, return to your family. Princess Augustina gapes at Dominica before dashing up the dais into her mother's arms. There's a whole lot of gaping going on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> High Priest Nahum and the king exchange bewildered looks. Has this occurred you? This is unprecedented, says the king. Bahamut smiles upon you, Nahum says jovially nice. to the king, regaining control of the ceremony. He beckons to the lower priests lingering behind him. A daughter has been selected, and now we must proceed. Where are the wreaths and oils? Ah, thank you, Princess Mara. You ask this of me, that I lead my own daughter to her demise? The executioner is cute. Buddy. Uh, it's kind of a cheap bullshit shot anyway. I mean, you are obviously doing your job. The princess is a princess, so of course she gets her way. I see how it is. I'm just freaking talking about this. When you got the money, honey. Uh, where was I? Oh, the executioner interrupts. He fixes the king with a steely look, and you can see how years of killing on the king's orders have taken a toll. You have led many daughters of soldier. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was actually kind of going with it. You just developed a big mustache. It's not the executioner. <laughs> you have led many daughters of soldiers to doom. Respond, king. You dare challenge the will of Bohemian? Your daughter's will? My will? You has always acted as my faithful servant! Dude, I think he's pulling the 180 on your dick, because he's, like, it was his daughter, right? I didn't miss that. The crowd once again begins to argue. Stand her alone! Someone shouts. <clears throat> She's no good as a sacrifice if she dies before she gets there. Another retorts. The executioner's defiance wavers. The tears on his face fall in silent rivulets, and he looks truly harrowed. I cannot, the executioner says, voice breaking. Do not ask this of me. The plea plea is directed towards his daughter, not the king. High priest Nahum intervenes, cradling a small bowl of bowl of oil. Small boy of oil. Wow. <laughs> a small bowl of oil. 
Perhaps another company. Wait. Perhaps another will accompany her in your stead. He looks out into the crowd. Is there anyone willing to serve as Domenica's guide on the ascent to Gara's Peak? Uh, Here you go. I mean, yeah, I can serve as Domenica. Do you respond to High Priest Nahoon's question? Yeah. These are your choices, three. Yes, I will take her to Gara's Peak. I will go with her for a price. Or say nothing and continue observing. Intelligence 14, wisdom 9. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your heart. Hey, yeah, I can help the dead girl. No problem. <laughs> uh, so which one? You'll take her? Yeah. Okay. I came for the festival. Front row seats. Awesome. The crowd turns to face you as you proclaim your intentions. Whoa, easy there. I'm a minor tie. <laughs> Very well, says Priest Nahum. As Dominica's escort, you are tasked with delivering her as the offering to Gareth's Peak, upon which entails a treacherous climb up Terran Trail. To aid you in this journey, the Temple of Bahamut represents you with this. High Priest Nahum steps forward and hands you a common potion of healing. What Proce an uncommon way to tell me about it. Proceed to the anointing. This is this is urine, isn't it? <laughs> Come on. It you is can tell me the truth. Okay, do you want to know what the common potion of healing does? I would hope heal me and not poison me. It heals you. My gods. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I don't know. I'm going to assume it, is, it heals you. Probably 1d4 or 1d6. I don't care. It'll heal you however much you want to. Don't fucking care. <laughs> It'll heal you in a common fashion. Yes, it's a band-aid. The anointing. <laughs> it's a common bandage. It's a potion. You've a, got a strap with a bit it's of a potion. It. <laughs> Shut up, it's a potion. It's a baton. Get it right. It's, it's a, baton. a baton. Put it in your ABC. <laughs> Two priestesses flank High Priest Nahum in front of the door of Bahamut, bah Bahamut's temple. Careful, you'll take a negative one from each of them. Sorry. That was the a priest, fucking joke. The priest holds a bronze boy full of fragrant oil. <laughs> I really worry about your decoration choices for your god. I know you're a priest, but I think that's going a little far. He dips two fingers into it. Oh, 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 oh you tell me so much about your religion. <laughs> into it, then presses his oiled fingers to Domenica's forehead, chin, and the hollow of her throat, <laughs> and recites something in Draconic. Do you know Draconic? God, I hope Let's not. Let's see, what are your languages? You know common, druidic, and primordial. But none of you speak fire. No, you do not understand. Oh, I spit on the mouse pad. Oh, you spit <laughs> on the mouse pad. No, you do not understand Draconic. They're saying I spit on the mouse pad. I have no idea. The words of High Priest Nahum speaks are harsh and throaty. Filled with edged consonants and guttural vowels. 
and you assume it is some kind of prayer and not a recipe. <laughs> Bronze boy of oil. <laughs> I, I added the the recipe part. I priest Nahum passes the bowl boy bowl boy. To, to the priestess on his right, who hands him a tightly wound circlet of laurel. Domenica loyal laurel Domenica oils, go on. Lois to her knees, and High Priest Nahum places the wreath atop a golden plate. Plate as in braid, not plate as in an eating apparatus. Could be a plat. Plat! It is pronounced plate. Bahamut guides you, Domenica of Soldra! He says High Priest Nahum. The priest leads the procession to the city gate. Curiously, the executioner remains silent as he walks beside his daughter. Soldiers who weren't present at the plaza peer out of their windows, eager to see who was chosen as the offering. The procession reaches the gate and stands idly before the large wooden doors that led out of the city. On High Priest Nahum's command, the guards on your, on the parapets above heave open the gate. Before you is a road. On a, a mile out, the gravel path merges into a dirt trail, winding upward through the craggy mountains. The range is jagged and pointed. <clears throat> like the serrated edge of a knife, and one point looms over the tallest, Gera's Peak. Dominica carries nothing with her. She wears only sandals, the laurel crown, a black cloak, and the black linen dress that matches her father's garb. I'm glad she at least wore the dress. That's going to be a long, uncomfortable walk she otherwise. She was naked. Yeah. The crowd is silent as Dominica embraces her father. Her whispers something to him that you cannot hear. I'm going to die. Wait! cries the executioner. Please, if you must go with nothing, at least take this. No, Dad, I can't. I'm going with nothing, thus I can't bring anything. That's kind of how that works. He hurries with nothing. No, he hurries towards his daughter, unbuckling the belt and sheath around his waist. Dad! If you're going to die, at least get up there and die properly. Have this sword. And hands the blade to Domenica. She accepts it, embraces him, and walks away. Her back to the crowd, her, to her father, and to Soldra. But not to me, because I'm standing on the front of her. You are escorting Domenica. So we skip to the thing next. So... Gareth's peak. <clears throat> been sacrificed go. before. <laughs> First time. Uh, I mean, I haven't. No. I mean, you can really only do it once. Uh, oh, <laughs> that, that's a good point. I'm Domenica. What's your name? Uh, Roast. I, I uh, go by Roast. Ro Roast. It, it's, look, it's a theme, okay? I mean, <laughs> fire hair, but... You may I, have noticed the, the somewhat non-human... that your head was on fire. Yeah, I have a minor tie. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of me around here. Uh, I, or my what, kind, that's what, what I mean. What, what are you tied to? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Isn't that... <laughs> I thought I said it right. We should go on with the quest. Oh, hey, thank you for coming with me, kind stranger. Hey, no problem. I'm <laughs> always here to help you kill yourself. Oh, um, that's not a good thing either. I don't mean to to sound out of, uh, I mean rude. What? 
Uh, are you a woman? Uh, sure. <laughs> what? What? You're, you're a tie. Okay. Yeah, a, a minor tie. A minor tie. I think okay. that's what the humans call it. Thank you. Thank you again. I, I, the, your language is a little weird to me. I'm I don't have to lie. go to my death alone and afraid, and might not make it. Um, also, if I peace out, please don't follow me. Okay. <laughs> the road outside is all dressed, not vacant nor populated. What? A singular caravan from a nearby city passes you. Uh oh. What's that? Water. Gatorade. Oh. Liquid. <sighs> okay. Uh, da da da. And the merchant avoids your eyes, her face half shrouded by a scarf. She's a witch. I wave. A raven perched on her car cause your direction. Cause in your direction. I thought you said purchased on her carp. <laughs> a raven perched upon her cart cause in your direction. Sunspot. Right, we're going uh, to Tempera. Yes, <laughs> Fuck off. We're already. We're on our way. Alright, we passed Sunspot. 15 more to go. It takes 20 minutes for you and Domenica to reach the trailhead. The paved road underfoot transitions to a trodden path that winds upward. A weathered wooden sign on the left reads Terran Trail in both common and draconic. I'm sorry, Domenica says. I was lost in my thoughts and I have not asked your name, nor thank you for accompanying me, except for that thing that we just did a few minutes ago, but... Look, I understand. I mean, you've got a lot on your mind. Again, the sacrifice thing, I imagine that's probably a little awkward. I mean, when I became a druid, I had a little ride I had to perform, but that was like death of a spirit. You know, you, you dig yourself in a grave, you, you undig later, you only die, it's quotation marks. Um, she, she pauses as you respond, then peers toward the mountain, shading her eyes. The path ahead is dangerous. And we may encounter hostile creatures. Stay alert, my champion. My tie? Yeah. <laughs> minor tie. My, my tie. <laughs> my tie! <laughs> uh, just pointing this out, it seems really <clears throat> inefficient for you to have such a slog of monsters and death <laughs> to go to your own, uh, you know... She places here. a hand on your shoulder and you feel a warmth pass from her palm to you. You've received three temporary hit points to add to your already existing. No. Eighteen. Oh, hey. <laughs> Would you care to turn into a badger? No. Okay. Why did you want me to be a badger? I do like badgers. You got a backpack? <laughs> no, I only have my black cloak, my black dress, this laurel, and the sword my dad just gave me. Alright, uh, okay, hold on. Here, I got an idea. Here, I'll pull off my backpack, hand it to her, and you hold this, and I'll transform into a badger. You don't have to. Oh. <laughs> oh. Alright. Alright. <sighs> Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please turn back. Please. This is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Please, you're threatening me. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> God, you should see what I look like when I turn into a turkey. Oh, God. <laughs> the mountain yeah. range before you is a series of jagged limestone pillars blanketed in patches of verdant trees. The Terran Trail is relatively flat for the first few miles, and you and Domenica proceed without trouble. She is unbothered by her sandals over rough terrain and walks with a sense of purpose and certainty. And porpoise. Uh, don't turn into a porpoise. <laughs> After a while, <coughs> as the path begins to incline, Domenica speaks. The <coughs> helmet does not ask... I'm trying not to get us on the video. <coughs> <coughs> Are you all right, Roast? No. Sorry, porpoise. Mistake. Okay, I'm dead. Bahamut does not ask Soldier to sacrifice its citizens for him. It is true that a century ago, Soldier was once frequently attacked by dragons. But that is only because the city encroached on what was once wilderness and home to a race of dragons made of stone and rock. That is why there are still lairs and holds within these mountains. A volcano remains dormant, too, far beneath us. I thought dragons were made of scales and skin. But those were not the chromatic dragons many fear. Oh. Hewn and birthed from the earth, these were the cousins of Bahamut's chosen creatures, the metallic dragons with scales and wings that glint and gleam. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Always partial red. <laughs> you know what I mean. The sacrifice was the idea of Soldier's first temple priest, High Priest Akero. Some suspect that High Priest Akero secretly worshipped not Bahamut, but Tiamat. Oh! But Ricardo, like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but regardless of his true alliance, the first offering worked. The dragons stopped attacking. Superstitious soldiers hold fast to the ritual, believing that it is what Bahamut bids. High Priest Nahum does what he thinks is right. Those of us who have tried to claim otherwise are silenced. The king commands my father to execute those who speak in defiance, and my father dutifully obeys. Although, in his heart, I think he knows the truth. That it's... <laughs> yes, that's the gist of it. We're killing people for no reason, really. And I yeah, that's I horrible. I have a feeling I'm going to reveal later on that I'm going to try and stop this with my secret knowledge. And it was my doing all along to get the princess chosen so that I might take her place. Hold on, you don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. That's supposed uh, to be important for main characters. No. Uh, you uh, want to hold that until the I'm end. Sorry. I, <laughs> I'm a minor tie. <laughs> a my, my tie. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Dominica tugs on her long blonde braid, absentmindedly fingering the ribbon that keeps it plated. She smells of laurel leaves and sandalwood oil. Do you hold that back up? <laughs> large <angel. laughs> I'm so sorry. It wasn't my doing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is it the brake fingering or the sandalwood? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a badger. I'll go rub my hair on a rock. <laughs> uh, you're not a badger anymore. Uh, you know how it goes. It sticks in your 
nostril. I was visited by Bahamut as a child. Wow. He told me. <laughs> you leave it at that. What heck? One day, you will be called upon to lay your life down, and I want you to answer the call. And I promised I would. Uh, okay, that makes a lot in of sense. In turn, he infused me with his power, oh, which I then raped as a small girl. That is not cool. Uh, no, <laughs> which I then used to aid those in suffering. But those who witness these gifts fear and scorn me. She looks upward, and you follow her gaze. The sky overhead darkens, easing into an ominous, heavy cobalt. Girls like me are always the first to be sacrificed. Except, I was not the first sacrificed, obviously. How many dragon-infused young virgins uh, are there in this city? I promised Bahamut I would do as he asked. Still, I hope not to become another pile of bones on this map. I'm so scared. I do not think he intends that to be my fate. I'm so scared! <laughs> You're got a lot of emotions. I don't, girl. I, just, I just have a lot of feelings. I don't even go here. Uh, okay. okay, I'm good now. Um, you glance down to see the path littered with human bones. Oh, I see why this came up Dozens of skulls, femurs, and ribs, and unidentified body parts lay picked and forgotten, sun-bleached and desolate. All right, all right, hold on. Let me clear oh your, your, your thought process here. So you're thinking this is real. All right, all right. This, nobody owns this bone, all right? This is not a rib. I don't even... Why would it have a shape? I can't tell you. That's some obvious BS. It's a harrowing visual. <laughs> the true cost of soldiers' peace. A city built on the bones of dragons and daughters. Well, dead girls specifically. Dragon-infused dead girls, apparently. <laughs> the incline was gradual, but the path now angles upward at a steep incline. Also correct in our current endeavor. The trail is rocky and difficult. You wonder how Domenica's feet are faring. If she feels pain, she makes no complaints. Hey, how are uh, your feet? Good. Bloody. Gashed. Do you but, want a healing potion? I've got one. No, it's common. No, I'll just touch my own feet. Thank you. Uh, Bing! <laughs> <laughs> the peak is about half a mile up, and Domenica ceases speaking, for the climb requires all attention and energy. <gasps> Something screeches above you. You look up to see four large bloodhawks hurtling towards you, talons and beaks sharp as knives. Domenica draws her father's sword and from its sheath and prepares to attack. The stats for the bloodhawks are found on page 18. <laughs> the bloodhawks cacaw and attack with claw. Prepare for combat! Alright, hold on. We stand this way, right? And music's supposed to sprout up in the background. I've seen this. I promise this is how it works. Okay, so, Domenica 
Uh, can't do shit. She's got a sword. They've all got swords! Okay! Oh, shit! The blood so, dogs have swords! Um, Roast, I think. I think we could get a little help here. Got to kill, got to kill these birds. Can't before, you cure them to death? Before, that's, no, that's not how it works. Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, yeah, no, no problem. Hold how on. How about you turn into something that could kill a hawk? Them on fire. Keep going straight. So, you're gonna set them on fire with what? Oh, your head! Right! Aha! That. No. Um. Still, I can do a scan spell. I'm looking at them. Ah! Ah! <laughs> oh, shit. Duck! <laughs> no, Hawk! Oh, that's gonna leave a mark. Uh, they're very weak. They only have to. Ow, my head! Oh. God damn it, Blondie. Duck! I've got I more hit points. Bird! Jump! <laughs> Fucking move your head! It's going to wave the sword around. Alright. Uh, uh, oh, I got one! Oh, I killed it in one blow! Oh, we're not going there. Uh, uh, fire. Hey, bird! You can, you can punch, kick, or headbutt and fire add bird. fire to it. Fuck yeah. Do you think you're going to fire punch a bird? <laughs> no, I'm going to slap its ass. Rose says, get her done. Why do you want to kill them? Why don't you talk to them? I can't talk to them. You're a druid. I don't speak avian. You have, you know, you don't have to speak with animals. You do have animal handling. Shh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do, you, do that. Do you want to try and... Edit? Whoa! Hey, bird! Back off! Hey, over here! Um, let's see. They've got a... Wow, they're very smart. They're probably smarter than I am. Let's see. They've got a wisdom score of plus two. Oh, they're wiser than I am. <sighs> Don't trust the man. He's obviously so, great. We can take over this fool. <laughs> you got your animal handling. Which um, is wisdom based. Yes. I know. <laughs> so you got a 10. Ooh, ha, ha, damn. And the birds? Roll the one! Fuck yes. Oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> So what are you going to tell the birds? Oh, no, the birds are coming over to oh. me. Oh, you're taming them? Yeah. Oh, no, I killed one! You could have defended them the whole time. I didn't know. The whole time! What? And you let me kill one! Hey, did I tell you to pull a sword and shove a blade into the bird? You were going to fire punch duck. one of them! I said hawk! My name's Roast! <laughs> Okay, so you have three Bloodhawk companions. I'm gonna say another one probably got hit um, by Domenica because she's psychotic and hates animals apparently. Um, so you've got two at she full likes health animals, and one at half. Provided they're scaled and reptile. So you've got these three. You just say I have two and a half. Yes. You've got those two. Points. You have two and a half. Oh, don't Blood talk about Grumpy there. He's not having a good day. 
to be your friend. Okay. Awesome. You have fought well, champion. How about two? Just two. I'm good with you. The other one dies. It just bleeds out. She cut it in half. Okay. That way I can have one on each shoulder. It's a lot more balanced. It's really awkward to have one on your head. You know what? Fuck it. We've got one on my head. Frost, I'm hungry. Can I? Can I put this hawk wing on your head? (laughs) That's that's where the other half went. I mean. Uh, it's been okay. a long day. I'm happy you fought well, <laughs> champion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great fighting skills there. Uh, uh, Baldy, Blinky, don't tell anyone. Uh, oh my god. Good. I think I could. Okay. Uh, her father's sword is already stained with the remnants of soldiers' traitors. A deep crimson. The hawk's blood shines slick and new, still dripping. Uh, look, here's a. Uh, Rag, could you, uh, I mean, Blinky and Baldy are right here. Yeah. Would you mind wiping that off? Yeah. Since we're friends now, I guess. She wipes the sword off her cloak and sheaths it. I, well, That's okay. <laughs> I, I'll just put this back, I guess. Uh, thanks, actually. I guess, you know, it, it'd be more awkward for me carrying it, being like, hey, let me rub your noses in it. Uh, shun her. The, um, sun, <laughs> the sun will set in the next few hours. We should hurry so you can return to the city before nightfall. Hey, that's really considerate of you. All right, let's go get your head chopped off. Come on, girl. The peak is not far. The plateau comes into view above you. Domenica's leather sheath hits the rock as she climbs, and the sound of impact echoes around you. Could you stop that? I mean, let's not tell everybody we're coming up. Clang, clang, (laughs) clang, clang. Oh, I see why you're at the sacrifice She takes care to not disturb the additional bones that remained embedded in the cracks of the rock. That's okay with you, but you want to alert any monsters to our presence. What is your goal here? She takes care not... uh, There are fewer bones here, and you suspect fewer daughters made it this far. As you go higher, the atmosphere grows thinner and cooler, and a light fog surrounds you. The mist clings to your clothes and skin. At last, you emerge at the peak. It is not just a plateau, you notice now, but a precipice. The large slab of rock upon which you stand is just out over the rest of the range below. In the center of the 50-foot diameter plateau is a long rectangle of obsidian, about three feet long. Oh, that looks like the bird spot. The inside carved and created like a trench. A sacrificial altar, Dominica yeah. explains. Or a giant fireball gone wrong. The first daughter sacrificed here, Octavia, was bled out. But the high priest Akero cut her throat. But her body disappeared, and no one knows what happened to it. Wow. Her name choice. You know, she figured you would have been. She would have been like Primordia, or you know, Primavera. Is that a, is that a thing? Domenica points out over the precipice toward a glow in the far distance. Soldra nestled in the valley. Beyond the city, miles and miles away, is the sea. The city, at dusk, seen through the shroud of mist, is like a candle, flickering as it settles in for the night. The celebrations have begun, I'm sure, says Domenica. Yeah, they're gonna be really happy you died. A night of revelry, toasting soldiers here in peace. She says without bitterness or spite, but with a touch of longing. She turns to you. Now I wait, and you have done your duty, so you should return and join the festivities. Here, she says, unbuckling the, the sword belt. Please give this to my father. Oh, uh, that's the one with the beard, right? The sound of flapping wings jolts you, and Domenica laughs. <laughs> not a dragon. Not yet. A 
least. There are hippogriffs who fly here. Look! She, she points to the left and dashes to the right. She points and you see a grand white hippogriff soaring above you. Its heavy wings beat against the tension of the air, and it regards you and Domenica warily without honest, oh, and without hostility. Domenica frowns. As magnificent as I think they are, I wish they would come here. They are prey to dragons. Oh, well, yeah, this is good. Means that, uh, maybe, maybe you can tell them to fuck off so they don't die. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you speak hippogriff? No, I am just a druid. Oh. I don't speak with all the animals. Is my name Dr. Doolittle? It's Roast. I burn birds. <laughs> what part of it? I'm sorry, Baldy Blinky. I just, I just, come, come back. God, uh, you made me chase off my pigeons. God damn it. <laughs> A low rumble makes the ground quake and tumble. Oh, fuck, maybe they're just Diaphanous <laughs> clouds overhead suddenly grow heavy like sodden rags, dark with moisture. A raindrop splatters on your face. The first few drops come tentatively, but a moment later, lightning shatters the sky, and the clouds break open, releasing a torrent. You must go! Domenica shouts through the rain. It's not safe for you! God, Domenica's... you're not kidding. My hair is going to go out. <laughs> Domenica's plea is cut short. She cries out and lurches forward as if stuck, and you look around for the attacker. The dragon this time, or another bloodhawk? but there is no one else on the peak besides you and Domenica. You reach for her hand to pull her to her feet, but she cries out again, ah, as uh, the back of a linen dress splits open. Ah! Oh, shit. A giant black dragon wing bursts from her shoulder, oh, splitting shit. the skin as it tears through. No! Domenica screams as another wing, webbed and slick with rain, emerges from her back. The wing... The wings overpower her slender frame as they begin to flap and she is lifted from the ground. More draconic features sprout from Domenica's limbs and she cries out in agony, fighting against the transformation. Jagged Cimmerian scales cut through her flesh until nearly all of her body has pulled and shifted and mutated into the form of an obsidian dragon. Before her face is engulfed by scales, Domenica cries, Please, free me! Domenica, the executioner's daughter, has transformed into a dragon before your very eyes. A gruesome, agonizing, and awe-inspiring sight to witness. The dread creature hovers before you, flapping its great midnight wings. I'm thinking that whole Tiamat thing might be accurate now. What is your passive perception? Nine! Yep, that sounds about right. I'm sure I'm not trained in it. That would require me to use my wisdom. If your passive perception is lower than 12, the torrent makes it hard to distinguish unique features of the dragon. Its shape looms before you, and you cannot tell what, if any, of Domenica remains. The lightning cracks again, and the dragon makes a low rumbling noise in its throat, opens its mouth, and exhales a breath of fire, vivid and vibrant against the storm. The rain douses some of the flames, but you are caught in the blast, engulfed in scorching heat, and causing three points of fire damage. But you're fire resistant, so it does nothing. And also takes off the temporary HP that I had. Does it? Yeah, well, I had two, so it but, would be half three rounded. Down. But you don't take any. You're huh? resistant. Resistant is not immune. Oh, whatever. So, resistance half damage, and 
I have three temporary HP. I think I... damage is rounded down. So sure. one. The dragon growls again, its body tensing and coiling, readying for another attack. The executioner's sword, whether on the ground or in your hand, begins to glow. Whoa. Hey, look, I I mean, yeah, it's wet out here. I appreciate trying to warm me up. God damn, uh, uh, oh, yeah, you should not. Oh, this is not going good. I think we should pause here. Yeah, probably smart. To be continued. Catch. Okay, so we had to take a break. And we left at a very pivotal moment in the story. And what had just happened was uh, Domenica had reached the peak and she started screaming, please help me. And she had turned into a dragon. Sucks. So, the lightning cracks again, the dragon makes a low rumbling noise in its throat, opens its mouth, and exhales a breath of fire, vivid and vibrant against the storm. The rain douses some of the flame, but you are caught in the blast, engulfed in scorching heat, causing three points of fire damage, which we determined just took off that three temporary HP she gave you. Two. Whatever. Because I'm resistant. The dragon growls again body tensing and coiling, readying for another attack. The executioner's sword, whether on the ground or in your hands, begins to glow. What do you do? Uh, uh. Engage in combat with the dragon. Oh, I'm sorry. What does Roast do? Engage in combat with the dragon using the executioner's sword, which is... Not important. Three to hit, uh, 1d8 slashing damage, or does Roast try to run and hide? It is risky to try and outrun the dragon. The dragon has initiated combat with you, so be sure to account for an opportunity attack. That's all I've got. Well, I'm going to let you know about this. Because you are a druid, and you were aware of the cries of the hippogriffs off of the cliffs, you do have an opportunity to try and bring them to your side as well, or call back the Bloodhawks, or all three. to your aid. 
Uh, it's a delightful spell. Uh, Rose knows a delightful spell. It's called Kaka. Kaka. <laughs> and if you uh, if you go Kaka, uh, it, it, it calls the only the greatest of nature's beasts. Okay, so the dragon went first. So her turn is over. turn calling the birds. Kaka. So let's have the birds attack the dragon. <laughs> and so out of the stormy sky comes Hippie, the hippogriff. <laughs> <laughs> And also, you hear the screeches of your Bloodhawk brethren. <laughs> That's right. Don't be too cowards, Blinky. Baldy. Telling you they will join in the fray. Oh, boy. I don't even know how you're flying right now. <laughs> Look uh, like one of those wind blasts would have thrown you into the mountainside. I mean, they live on the mountains, so they, they probably know. Yeah, I mean... Just because the various feathers that they possess aren't actually made for shedding water in terms of this potential direct, uh, type of downpour, that's nothing to be concerned about. So the Hippogriff gets a multi-attack using its beak and its claws, so you see it come up over the cliff, and just as the dragon is about to come diving at you, the Hippogriff comes and bites it in the fucking neck. Thanks, Hippie! And it does hit with the bite attack. It does, I rolled an 11, it gets a plus eight, that's a 19. The dragon only has a 16 armor. Huh, only, I mean, what does it have, scales or something? scratching at the dragon's belly. Holy crap. Got a natural 20. Holy crap, Hippie. <laughs> be careful with that. That dragon's supposed to be a sacrifice. <laughs> oh, it's getting sacrificed. <laughs> sacrifice! <laughs> I don't remember having speak to animals. <laughs> so I said that was 9 the first time. So 12, 13, 14, 15. Uh, it's a 23 damage. This thing only has 28 hit points. So you're saying it doesn't look too good. Though. It does not look good at all. So I'm, say, I'm Whoa, gonna say... Whoa, Domenica, you look okay. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of like intestines coming out of your scales. I'm gonna say that the Hippogriff actually takes the dragon down onto the cliff and is just repeatedly like scratching and clawing and biting at it. The Bloodhawks probably are having a hard time with the wind, 
Yeah, Blinky and Balding come into attack and are immediately buffeted by the windstorm and blown back off the mountainside. Oh, our good try, guys. Uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, the dragon, says it's her turn now. She can't really fly because she's been grappled. She can't break free of that. She just failed her grapple check. She got a five. <laughs> she does not want to live anymore, I think. Um, and she doesn't have any additional actions, so she was using all of her strength to try and get that damn hippogriff off of her. So what does Roast do, Druid? Well, I'm going to throw the sword to the bird. Why? <laughs> I'm a druid. I don't use blades. <laughs> it's in my contract. Oh god. Uh, that was scary. <sighs> so if anybody's wondering what that noise was, that was a giant ass tumbleweed uh, running into the front of our truck. Right? That's, that's kind of the same thing. 
and now I will do the same for others. As a thank you, I gift you my father's sword. Uh, I'm good. I, uh... Oh, I wait, that's crystal you now. God. my father's sword! Sell it if you want! Uh, is this metal still? Ting, ting. <laughs> she hands you the black blade. Before the metal hilt was bound in leather, now the handle is pure gold. The pommel is shaped like a dragon's head, and two golden wings form the cross guard, opening into the length of the obsidian. Words are carved into the blade in glowing draconic. Domenica reads it aloud. Do not think I came only with peace. I came with a sword. Well, that seems appropriate. If you are ever in need of Bahamut, you need only speak his name and he will aid you, she says, then steps towards the edge of the precipice. Daughters, come forth! Oh no. A thundering begins. The rumbling of dragons' wings beating against the wind, and the dragons rise from the valley below. There are dozens of them, their scales hewn and forged from the landscape from which they were birthed. Some are older and larger, their features rough and jagged from the decades they lived at the state. Some are still small, their bodies lacking the strength and heft of their predecessors. Nevertheless, they are magnificent. These are the daughters who survived. Oh, do you need this back? Like, apparently if you hit them with it in the neck, it turns them back to human. <laughs> That's the true, um, you know, power of the sword. It doesn't grant a peaceful death. It turns dragons into girls. Well, apparently only if they're girls beginning, and then it turns them back. I maybe try this with a couple of other, like, polymorph spells, but I don't know. Dominica stands before them, a radiant holy warrior. And in this moment, as you see Domenica superimposed onto the valley below, and the city ahead, and the powerful beasts awaiting her command, you find it very hard to tell the difference between a daughter and a dragon. The end. I mean, I know I've heard of women called some bad things, but harpies normally the one. Dragon's a little rare. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just gonna have to go sell these handles. I could probably use the blade. That ought to be pretty awesome. So is Rose. Hey, Bahamut, can I get a ride down the mountain? <laughs> Rose, why don't you just smelt that yourself? You know how hard it is to sit here and do, like, burning hands on this? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's really cool when the metal starts to melt, but then the spell wears off, and then it just melts onto your hand. And, <laughs> like, it's like having an arm ring or a hand ring, but, like, not made for you in the way that looks nice. It's, like, made to fit in your hand in a way that never removes from it. That's cool. So you're just kind of stuck up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that really is the end of the module. So Roast is uh, on Roast's own. <laughs> Roasted. To do what Roast must. <laughs> hey, Bay! Feed you a bird. Hey, hey, baby. Yeah, you can tame Hippie and become a Griffin Rider. Uh, that's that's not how that works. <laughs> These are free spirits. Occasionally I feed, you know, placate them with extra meat from poor some other sap that didn't actually do their job right. Or you can turn into a bird and fly off the mountain. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't actually gotten that good at that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can turn into a bird, but I can't fly. <laughs> Alright, hold on. I got a plan. I'll turn into... Uh, bird, maybe. Uh, that's not terrible. 
then I'll flip backwards onto my back, and Blinky and Baldy will grab me, and then they'll fly off, and we'll be a three-pigeon combo. Okay, and that was the Executioner's Daughter. What'd you think of it? Oh yeah, I liked it. I mean, that was good. I didn't die. It's always beneficial. You don't, you don't have to be roast anymore. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, it took a moment. Oh no, that was fun. Um, I liked a lot of the writing. Some <laughs> uh, very interesting characters, though I think a lot of that was also your portrayal. Yeah, well. <laughs> I picked the voices at random, so. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure Domenico was supposed to sound like stately. Uh, I like this Domenico a lot. I liked roast. <laughs> the, uh, the cockney uh, <laughs> lady in blue back in the back in the city was fantastic. <laughs> and the king. Oh, oh, the king. <laughs> so good. He's not home. <laughs> It was a pretty well-crafted story. It was a fun little mini-adventure. Yeah, and it seemed to jump really well from location to location and um, scene to scene. Whatever was happening flowed into the next piece fairly uh, efficiently, especially compared to some of the other ones we've read since. Yeah, well, this was actually meant to be a D&D module. The other ones were just random stories we were reading. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Hi, Marks. I like them. This was a lot of fun. We recommend The Executioner's Daughter. Thank you for listening. Visit us at bonerollergaming.com.